has been faithful to me. When my heart had no song, when my strength is all gone when my heart had no song even then he was faithful to
Stand, we'll change over the service. Amen. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart to see me. Brother Bob comes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Is that your desire Bless you, saints. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> you come expecting tonight? You ready to receive? Got your got your bowl ready? I'm going to read um, from Genesis chapter three tonight. You want to turn your Bibles over to there if you have your Bible, or we'll, they'll just pull it up on the screen, like always, and uh, maybe take kind of a, a interesting topic tonight. <clears throat> Almost right is always wrong. <laughs> I was telling that to the brothers back there, and they were like, tell me that again. (laughs) Almost right is always wrong. And we'll read from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. 
Lord God, we're so grateful to be able to gather together around your word tonight, Lord Jesus. And as we look into your word and, and unpack these things, Lord, that are laying there for us, Lord, these little nuggets of truth, I pray, God, that your spirit will come and quicken it to us and make it alive to us and put the puzzle pieces together, Lord, that it'll be profitable to us. Grant it, Lord, that you'll just be at liberty to move among us tonight, Lord Jesus. And Lord, answer questions, Lord, and patch up things in our lives, Lord Jesus, and deliver us, Lord, and free us up, Lord Jesus, so that we can have liberty and true worship in you, Lord. Grant it, Lord, that you'll give us something tonight that we can profit thereby from, Lord. And we, we just ask this blessing upon your people and upon your word in the name of the Lord Jesus. So it says, <clears throat> now... You know, as, you, as we read this, you just think about what a blessing it is to be able to read this and to understand it, what a blessing it is. And um, I've heard uh, many ministers lately preaching about how that, you know, you think about Brother Branham would preach so many sermons and the people he was preaching to were against him. I, I, as actually I was studying this out, I, 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 you, just, you just pay attention to the things that Brother Branham says as he's preaching serpent seed and all these uh, many many other sermons as he's speaking to, to Pentecostal people and whatnot they they don't they didn't agree with him and you think about what a blessing it is that we have to the blessing what a blessing it is that I have to be able to speak to people that agree you think so so maybe maybe tonight if you could just just uh, just respond as though you would if Brother Branham was preaching to you. <laughs> Rick, amen it like you believe it. <laughs> so verse one says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of this gar- of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. You may be seated. The Lord had his blessing to the reading of the word. <clears throat> isn't, it, isn't it strange? You know, you really don't hear this preached on that much. <laughs> but I, I want to take from this scripture that, that thought that I shared with you earlier, almost right, is always wrong. You know, I think, I think, I think one, one kind of thing that's kind of crept in among, amongst message churches and message believers is that, is that we kind of get a little bit, we kind of overlook wrong and, and we start just kind of opening up ourselves to all sorts of ideas and all sorts of thoughts. But, you know, you got to maybe tonight just remind us that, that almost right, almost right, where you, where you get, to get up to the line and you're almost there. But yet it's, it's always wrong. And you see Eve, Eve here, she started listening to, just one word off that the, the serpent was was throwing at her. That well, just one word off caused everything that we see around us: every sickness, every heartache, everything that you endured, having to go to a job, having to go to the hospital, having to go to funerals. Everything that we we all this pollution that we see around us is what what was caused by by her thinking that she was right. 
going off and thinking that she was right. Almost right is always wrong. You, you think about how that, um, you think about now God, God coming down in the cool of the evening. I'm, I'm just going to try to just talk tonight. That God coming down in the cool of the evening. And Brother Bram in one place, he would say, you know, thunderings and lightnings and lights. And it, like, it was like, a, 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 oh, God's coming down. He's coming down. And he'd come down and then you see the light coming from the bushes or whatever, and the way that he would explain it. And you think what kind of a process would have had to take for Eve to go out and say, well, instead of listening to this, instead of listening to his word, I'm going to listen to this, to this, to this beast, to the serpent who, who, you know, the serpent was, was turned into a serpent, but he, at first he was walking around on two, two legs and, and he could talk to her because he had a conversation that we just read. And what kind of a process would it take for, to some, to get somebody into the state of mind where they go listen to the man that was tilling and planting flowers out in your, in your, in front of your house or whatever, and kind of you're doing your yard work or whatever it might be, the, the, doing the manual labor to go from listening to the man that from a God that would come down in the cool of the evening to, evening to listening to the one that's supposed to be obeying you. And, and you see, I see God had put them. Why, why is it? Why is it a woman now? See, a woman, a woman has, she's got a womb in her and she's got the ability now even, even carry this on to typing, typing a church, typing the bride. The woman has got a womb that she can receive. She can receive from this man or from this man. She's got a womb. And so the woman has the, has the ability to receive. So, so God had put, the, put in front of her, he's, got, he's put in front of her the choice. He's handed down the requirements to Adam and Eve. Don't do this. Oh my, how many, how many of us have, we've handed down the requirements to our kids and to our family. You, you see your kids growing up in teenager to teenagers and, or maybe you, maybe you've, uh, husbands have, have, have handed down the requirements even to your wife and, and things get messed up a little bit. Don't, you can't wear clothes like that. And when you see when the, when the, when the wife starts going off, well, I'm, I can do whatever I, whatever I, it, it, you ain't telling me what to do. Then you get off, off the track. Tell your kids that tell your kids that you can't you you don't need to be smoking pot you don't need to be smoking uh, drinking alcohol because it's going to lead you down the road of destruction and, and as soon as you do you see it'll, it'll sin will lead you farther than you ever want to go before long you've wound up on the side of the road with a cop at your door and and taking you to the jailhouse or you wound up in some bar with your arms wrapped around a, a toilet and uh, soaking in your own vomit. And you, you wind up in some kind of, you wind up in a, come on, let's be honest now tonight. You wind up in a strange bed the next morning because sin will take you farther than you ever wanted to go. All because you didn't, you open, you opened up your, your womb, your spiritual womb, the womb of your mind to the wrong thing. So God's telling, God told Eve and Adam, you can eat this, but don't eat that. Cause it'll kill you. Uh, you. You think about how many how many people today think that the the, the the message that the gospel is just a bunch of rules to hurt you. But the rules there, there's rules there to keep to make you happy. God has set rules in place to make you happy. You know sometimes sometimes mama and daddy will set rules in place when their when their little daughter is dating boys and things because they want they want to set boundaries for the happiness of their child so that one day she'll be able to enter in, into a, a marriage 
union with a good man that will raise raise up a family and that she won't have to have some out of wedlock baby there or you know have have a whole a whole mess of a background situation to deal with but you see all the rules and things are for happiness god has put these rules there for 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 you to be happy for you to be for you to be set up so you can serve him now, now you see, she she ate, she ate, she ate, she partook of the doctrine, the the doc, the false doctrine of, that the serpent was 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 uh, preaching to her. You know, in Proverbs chapter thirty, it says, "Such is the way of an adulterous woman; she eateth and wipeth her mouth, and say, if I have, and say, if I have done no wickedness, uh, the way of an adulterous woman." Now, now we're going to maybe use some strong words tonight, so just get set up. We're going to use words like adultery and prostitution and whore. Because these words, we we got to y'all. I'm, we we got to, we got to use these to get the point across. So just maybe grab the edge of your seat tonight and hang on because we're going to be talking about some some pointed facts. Now uh, adultery. What we want to get in tonight is what what is an adulterous spirit. An adulterous, the, the devil wants to anoint people. God wants to anoint you, and the devil wants to anoint you. And the devil will anoint preachers, the preachers with an adulterous spirit. Maybe they ain't even in adultery, but he'll he'll anoint them. And what what is that? The adulterous spirit is it, it don't matter. It don't matter. You, you're married to this man. Uh, an adulterous woman you're married to this man but you think you start thinking because you're anointed of the devil you start thinking well it don't matter i can just go i can go fool around and and you see the same thing when you're supposed to be married to christ when you're supposed to be married to Christ and you're, you're claiming his name and you go fooling around with all kind of false doctrines and saying that it doesn't matter. That's the point I want to make tonight is it does matter. <laughs> See, Eve thought that it didn't matter when she went around talking to the devil. And, well, you know, maybe you know, maybe this, the serpent does have a better idea of it. And she began to think that it just didn't matter. She was going to go along with it. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. It, it does matter. It does matter if the doctor tells you not to eat all that fatty food and you go eat it anyway it matters and it matters if God told you not to eat something that's wrong and you go out and you do it anyway it matters why is it women though in Revelation 17 we find a woman and, and, and it says, and there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials and talked with me saying unto me, come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, the great whore with whom the kings of the earth had committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth had been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Here's a, here's a woman. Revelation is the book of symbols, and all these things are symbolic of something. So here's a, here's a great whore, the great whore that's the mother of harlots. And, and she's given all these nations to drink of the filthiness of the, the cup of her fornications. And Brother Brown will go on to explain. He said, he said, it said this woman was a whore. That means that she was an ill-famed woman, that she's supposed to be married to a husband and committed fornications with the world. And she, had, she was a mother of harlots. Therefore, she had daughters. 
I believe the Lord has perfectly laid it on the line that can't be nothing else but the Catholic Church. It's the only way it can be. And what did she give birth to? The Protestant churches. Exactly she did. You see, you see this type that runs through. It's a, a woman. A woman has a womb. And in that womb, she can receive, she can receive uh, and we're talking doctrine here. She can receive an idea. And that idea, that, that thought is going to give birth to something. Now, in this case, this woman, she received, she received the devil's lie and she gave birth to all these Protestant churches. Oh, you start thinking about women now. Now, now let's get into practical, practical talk now. You think in your, in your Christian journey about all the times. Now, I'm not, I'm not being beating on women or nothing. But all the times that a little couple will come to church and the, and the man will, the, he'll be like, I, I want to start getting tapes. I want to start listening. I want to hang around. When the woman, she'll go out of church and listen, I'm, I'm talking truth now. I've seen this so many times. The woman will say, she'll stomp her feet and say, I ain't never darkening the door of that place before again. And away they go. And they won't never come back because the man, he won't be like Adam now. He won't have a backbone. He, he won't stand up. He won't be like a real man. But he'll, well, I guess I guess I better do it. <laughs> oh, God God wants real Christian men that when your wife won't dress right and when your wife won't do right, that you stand strong and say, well, I'm, I'm standing for the word of God. Now, now you see, you see that even the Christian, the church is a type of a woman. Now, I, I, so that's why I'm not, I'm not blasting on women tonight like people thought Brother Branham did. But but he's you, you know if you get a real uh, uh, the way a woman's supposed to be, then it, it, the way the bride God wants the bride to be is is a reflection of Himself, an actual reflection of Himself. But she the woman's got a choice. She can be she can be lower than a dog, or she can be she can be the express image of God actually manifesting Himself in flesh in this day, or she can degrade herself. As you see, it all depends on what she accepts because. Well, well, now I'm getting on marriage and divorce. <laughs> that, that was just opening up to me fresh. That, <laughs> so Brother Brown would say, "What?" but you, you think about that now. You think about even going back to a woman. You, th- you think about Brother Brown said the serpent seed came over in the ark. Now, why? how could it do, how could it do that now? Sure. Now, this is, I'm, this is just my way of looking at it. A woman's going to receive, a woman, the type of a, of a church is going to receive that doctrine. And they carried false doctrine over that ark. And they, because look, look, that's how it, that's how it happens. Even, even right, maybe sitting here tonight, you'll listen to the things that I'm saying. And then the mother will go home and she'll start spreading stuff. Well, I don't think, I think it's okay if you go out and kiss some girl or something. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there'd be, it'd be anything wrong at all with the way that you're wearing that those clothes. I don't think there's nothing wrong. And, and go around the, the husband's back and, and start saying all kinds of stuff. The man's st- standing there. We need to have a standard. But around, around his back goes the woman to sow that false doctrine to do the same thing that the serpent did to Eve down down in the garden and, and carried, carried it over the ark, carried over the ark into the new world. <clears throat> oh, you think, you think it, it don't matter though. It don't matter. See, God said it mattered so much that he equated it with adultery, with whoredom, with fornications. And those are strong words. <clears throat> Brother Ram said, what is a whore? Is a woman that's untrue to her marriage vow. 
Now the church, the Catholic church claims to be the bride and the wife of Christ. Even the nuns cut off their hair. They cut off their hair to show that they, you, you, you wear long hair. Why? Because of the angels, because you're going to show as a symbol. I, I've heard the word of the Lord. I've heard what the ministers are preaching. So I'm going to wear my long hair because as a, as a symbol that when I go to Walmart, everybody's going to know I'm a Christian, but the nuns, they cut off their hair to show that I, they ain't listening to who their true husband is. They're going to listen to to the, to the false idea that, they, that, that the devil has sown into their mind. Even the nuns cut off their hair and have no affections. They're all affections to Christ. Is that right? Sure. Or anybody. See, see what, what is a horse? You can't tell me what's right. A woman that won't stay true to her husband and go out and live with any old man. Now you think, now, now that's natural, but what about in the spiritual? Somebody that won't stand true to, the, to her spiritual husband but will go out there fooling around with, the, fooling around with false doctrines i can believe i can believe what i want to ain't no preacher gonna tell me i need to be born again ain't nobody gonna tell me i need to come to church ain't nobody gonna tell me how my family needs to be dressing and ain't nobody gonna tell me the spiritual condition of my family or my household i can do what i want to do see what kind of spiritual condition you got a woman a whore is a woman that won't listen to her head that won't get under headship a woman's god wants a bride that'll be so under headship that he can manifest himself through her. So, so under headship that she's doing exactly what he wants her to do, even if the world laughs at her and mocks her and scoffs at her. <laughs> Brother Brown said in the seal of God, he said, you can't argue with the priest. He won't argue because a priest, a Catholic priest, priest, that woman, he said, if the church says anything different from this Bible, the church is right. See how he's putting that spiritually, the woman, the woman, the church is saying the church is right. Not the man, but the church. To me, the Bible is right and the church is wrong. So you can't argue with them. There's no way of arguing. There's no way of discussing or debating because they believe what the church says. That's it. What I say, what what the woman says, that's it is what the point he's making. What the church says, no matter what the Bible says, it's what the church says. They believe the church. We believe the Bible. There's a streak of Romanism that's mixed in every nation. There is under heaven through the Catholic Church. A streak of Romanism. <clears throat> streak of Romanism to permeate every fabric of society today that I can do I can do what I want to do. And not the not the word of God. The word of God becomes no more our standard that we live by, but I can do whatever I want to. And that makes you see, almost right is always wrong. You can come to church and you can go through all the all the outward appearance and pay your tithes and everything and still be wrong because almost right is always wrong. <clears throat> That's what the Bible's talking about. That Isaiah prophesied back in, in chapter 4, verse 1. He said, in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, we'll eat our own bread and we'll wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our approach. And you've had them seven women all down through seven church ages. That that woman was was manifested in Paul's age. I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm gonna just do. I'm gonna do. I, I, instead of taking the word of God, I'm just gonna take take my own ideas. I'm gonna take what the Catholic Church preaches. I'm gonna take what my denomination says. We'll eat our own bread and we'll wear our own apparel. Nobody's gonna tell me how to dress. I don't care what the Bible says. Only let us be called by thy 
by name. Just let me, as long as we can be called a Christian, as long as I can come to church and sit in a church and, and say I'm a Christian, just, so that'll take away our approach. Brother Brown said, your boy goes with a Catholic girl. When they go to get married, they have to promise to raise the children, vice versa. See, it's to break the power of the other, to break the power. But what is it? The Bible claims the whole thing's a prostitute. Amen. <laughs> he says spiritual adultery. Yep. Spiritual adultery that you profess to be a Christian and still living like the world. Well, there's your definition of spiritual adultery. I am a Christian. When you say I'm a Christian, but you're still going out there living, living like the world, doing, doing, you've taken in that wrong doctrine, taking the creeds of man out here as man's creeds and accepting them instead of the word. That's committing a spiritual adultery against God. And Brother Brown said, for whosoever shall take one word away from it or add one word to it, it took away from it. You're dead, hybrid right there. She's back here. There's testimony in her hands, the filthiness of her fornications, committing and spiritual adultery against the very word that she claims to believe. What are you saying tonight, Brother Bob? I'm saying it matters what you believe. All these things matter what you believe. It, it matters when you go to a minister's meeting and you hear things being said it, it, that, that ain't right. It matters. When you go out to other churches that, or have, hear, hear somebody maybe come to this church and preach something a little, a little bit off, it matters. Now, now listen, see, this is where you got to walk a tightrope. It's like sometimes preaching, it's like, it's like walking, a, walking, a, a, walking a, a real narrow spot because you go too far to one side and you start casting people out and say, well, I'm not going to fellowship with them and that's not what i'm preaching we're we're all like brother wade was saying on sunday we're trying to close in the gaps we're trying to fill in the gap and, and you know when you preach sometimes you I, none of none of us believe what we did 20 years ago we've all got gaps that have been closed in so that's what we're trying to we're trying to close in the gaps but when you stop when you do when you stop and and and, and dawdle like eve did and you receive the wrong thing and you hold that in it's going to produce something that's wrong that's what I'm talking about now. But I'm said in the Pergamian church age, he said, I'll show thee the judgment of the great whore. She was committing adultery. Well, then if it was a church, she was committing adultery against God. Then adultery would be fornications, spiritual fornications. She's teaching something to the people that's not God's word. Is that right? She's teaching something that isn't true. It matters. It matters what you believe. It matters what you believe. I, I love to sit down and talk to people about what they believe. I, it seems today, though, like it's hard to get people to tell you what they believe. I, I, you know, I sat down. I sit down. I love. I love to get preachers alone and sit down with them over over lunch or whatever. But it's like pulling teeth to get somebody to tell you what they believe. And when you do, when you do get them to tell you what they believe, that just about almost it almost creates conflict. Like, what are we doing here? I, I love to tell somebody what I believe. If you if you believe something, you're gonna you're gonna be happy to share it. I believe. I believe we ought to know what we believe. I don't. I don't. I don't believe we should be just like a a, a weed in the field is tossed every way every which way but we should we should be firm in what we believe we should be able to stand on something and be ready to share it that doesn't the scripture say always be ready to give an answer <laughs> so brotherman said in the spoken word is the original seed he said that's how adultery is committed spiritually when you know and better when you know and better by the word of god now listen to this now by the intercourse of the mind because that's where it all starts isn't it in your mind first. That's where it started in Eve first. Before before she received it in, in her natural womb, 
She received it in the womb of her mind. By the intercourse of the mind, take in a lie of the devil against the word of God. That's exactly what Eve done with a spiritual intercourse first that come by believing Satan's lie into the womb of her mind. That polluted her soul, set death in the soul, then the natural act taking place. Oh, you see now why the greatest battle ever fought is such an important message because God's trying to arm us. In that message, he talks about the fivefold ministry that God give us to put something in our hands so that we can have something to defend ourselves from all the lies of the devil because God wants us to be shored up. Now, don't start going to sleep on me now. Come on now. I, listen, I, I believe that the bride should be entertained by the word. Now, what am I talking about tonight? That we, that God wants a bride that cares about the gospel enough that even when it's on Wednesday night, you, you want to get fed. You, because you want to, it, it starts mattering. You realize it matters what you believe. We're not coming just to, tonight to look at one another or to look at the preacher to be entertained by maybe some. See how hey, see how much the preacher can jump around and maybe he'll jump run up and down the aisle. But we're coming to be entertained by the word to receive something that'll give us supernatural power and supernatural strength. In Second Corinthians, Paul said, "Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me." I wonder how much we can not bear with the folly of the preachers that maybe sometimes slip up and say things a little bit coarse and say things a little bit rough do it like peter a little bit some maybe maybe go fishing and stuff and and and, and, you know do do things maybe that that we don't think are all polished up and nice but paul said for i am jealous over you with godly jealousy for i have espoused you to one husband that i may present you as a chaste virgin to christ don't you want a gospel fivefold ministry that'll have some love and care enough for you to, to preach the truth to you that won't hold back Somebody that's jealous over you with a godly jealousy that don't want to see you carried off with every wind of doctrine and foul thing that the devil throws at you. Paul said, but I fear lest by any means as a spirit beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Paul didn't want to see the church of that day led away by all kinds of Tommy Rot. And I believe in this church we've got a fivefold ministry that don't want to see you led away by a bunch of Tommy Rot. We've got it preached pure. We've got it preached and done adulterated. I want to pass out some roses tonight. I believe we've got a five-fold ministry to be proud of here in this church. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. I wonder how many preachers, that preachers down through the ages have had that same concern. I wonder if somebody comes and preaches something that's wrong, are you just going to fall hook, line, and sinker for it? Or maybe are you going to get so caught up in how the gospel is delivered that you want a preacher that... that <laughs> A preacher that knows what fork to use at the dinner table, whether the salad fork or whether this kind of fork. A preacher that knows how, how long to turn to the right-hand side of the table before he turns to the left to continue his discussion. Or do you want something? Do you want to read that's tossed around about? Or do you want somebody that stands firm and knows what they believe? <sighs> Listen, it matters what is preached. It matters what you believe. The details matter. Don't don't you ever let the devil tell you it don't matter. Don't you ever let the devil tell you that it doesn't matter. Doctrine matters. Doctrine matters. 
In Matthew chapter 5, he said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. There ain't one little dot in this Bible going to pass away till the whole thing is fulfilled. There's not one little comma going to pass away in the Bible till the whole thing is fulfilled. Everything has got to be believed because everything is going to be fulfilled and Eve polluted when she received the devil's lie she polluted the entire human race oh you think you think about what true doctrine is this doctrine now that's going around the message that well we you you already had eternal life in your soul when you were born a natural birth but this is contrary to that doctrine you, Eve polluted the whole thing her soul her 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 her, her womb where well, brother Ram said that polluted her soul set death in the soul then the natural act taking place it polluted her womb it polluted everything it polluted what did it pollute it polluted her thinking from then on the human race was not capable of thinking the right way. That was not possible for God to inhabit the soul of the human being until God himself came down in flesh and made an atonement. Oh, you, th- you go out and look on the internet and look for, 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 for pictures of what pollution looks like. There's rivers in India that they dump trash in and the trash is rolling by and there's the filth of humanity is rolling down the river until they can't even get clean drinking water out of it. You go look at the smokestack and we've got an office in Shanghai at work and Shanghai is so polluted that they can't even see the sun during the day. It's so polluted that they don't, it's, it's just a haze over the sky and that's the pollution that Eve called when she accepted the lie of the devil. The pollution of all these smokestacks and filth of the world, the pollution in the water, the pollution everywhere. Our birth was polluted. You didn't come this world the right way but you come polluted. Our world was polluted. Our thinking was polluted all because of a woman who thought she was right oh you think it don't matter what you believe you think it don't matter what kind of what you what you consume when you go out to listen to some other church you think about what everywhere you go is a symbol and a sign of what the consequences of somebody disagreeing disbelieving with God's word Brother Brown would say, show me one place in the Bible after what Eve did. Show me one place in the Bible that God ever ordained any woman to preach or take authority over a man. (coughs) It matters. Show me one place where God ever ordained a denomination. Show me one place where God ever ordained a woman preacher. Show me one place where God ever ordained sprinkling. Show me one place where God ever ordained pouring. Show me one place. I'm, I've collected all these things that Brother Brown said. Show me one place where God ever had anybody baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Show me one place where anybody was ever healed outside of divine healing. Show me one time Jesus called Mary mother. Show me one time God changes. He doesn't. Show me one place that he failed to prove that he wasn't God. Show me one scripture where Peter ever was in Rome or any history that says he was. Show me one scripture where it ever said an apple started the thing to going now. I want you to show me that they eat apples. It matters. It matters what you believe. 
It matters what you receive. Why does it matter? Because you 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 got a womb as a spiritual, the spiritual church. You've got a womb. And as you receive, whatever you receive, you're going to produce a baby. Eve received that lie of the devil. And before long, she was holding that baby. And, and, you know, a, a few few chapters later, there she is with her confession. I, I've, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And it was a man from the Lord because all life comes from God. But I, now I believe that she was, she was the way, the spirit that she was saying is look at me look at me it turned out all right after all and people dying all around her the rivers begin to get polluted and there she was confessing that she was still right just like the churches today just like people around the message you can preach and preach this is this is a preacher's dilemma you can preach and preach and preach your heart out but there's still going to be unbelievers and make believers and true believers no matter how hard you preach you there's going to be there's going to be unbelievers until the day that the rapture takes place and that's something i know that it grieves every true minister of god because you want to go out and grab somebody by the lapel and bring them to the altar and force them to praise praise through but it just don't work like that <laughs> oh I, I wish don't you don't you just wish you could do your family like that <sighs> you say we got new light on it no you haven't that's what the devil come to eve with some new light don't need new light no new light you need to walk in the light that god's already put here that's all that's that's what we need that's what brother i'm saying in that message of serpent seed he's saying we don't need our own carnal understanding or what some false preachers preach to us but what will give us overcoming power is revelation revelation light when, when jesus come and ask peter whom do men say that i the son of a son of man am who do you say that i am and peter answered back thou art the christ they all tie that back to when Abel come out of the garden. He knew there was a way back, and God revealed it to him that it was blood. That it come, the fall come by blood, and there, there had to be blood to cover the whole thing over. And he come dragging that animal up to sacrifice it because God had revealed it to him. And when God reveals to you that you're saved, or God reveals to you that He's filled you with the Holy Ghost, that that takes care of everything. There on the. There on the day of Pentecost, Peter come out and he wasn't speaking by man's understanding or some carnal intellectual idea. But he said, when they asked him, men and brethren, what should we do? And he tied it all together because God had, Jesus had given him the keys. And he said, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He had the key. What's the keys? The keys is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the revelation of Jesus Christ to you will open up every door, every obstacle. It'll clear the way. It'll overcome everything that the devil can throw at you. In Matthew chapter 16, he said, I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Do you believe that tonight that, this, that, that the bride of Jesus Christ has those same keys? That they, if, the, if the revelation of Jesus Christ is preached, it will loose you from your sins. It will loose you from what the devil's got bound. But if you turn it down, it'll bind you. It'll leave you bound. It'll leave you in that same situation because you have a womb. You've got a womb to be able to receive or reject. The revelation of Jesus Christ will open heaven. The revelation of Jesus Christ will set you free. Jesus Christ is the truth. Don't we all want truth? How many times have we preached? What a great blessing to somebody for somebody to stare you in the face and tell you the truth. What a great blessing. 
For somebody, it was a blessing when Jesus told that little woman, he said, it's not given to dogs. What's, what's her reaction going to be? Many times he wants to test your reaction to see how bad do you want it? When, when, when Jesus come out and was preaching to you, you bunch of vipers, well, you saw what their reaction was. You snakes in the grass. When John the Baptist said the ax is laid to the root of the tree. Many times the gospel is preached a little bit hard, but God wants to see, God wants to see what your reaction is. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Brother Ram said, I can show you where Jesus Christ gives power to the church to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils. I challenge any man to show me a scripture in the Bible where he took it away from the church. What took it away? What took it, what to, what took it away? You say, well, I don't see a lot of things going on in church. I don't think, see anything going on in my life. Why not? What took it away? He said, your own dogma. Right? Not God's word. The Holy Spirit still getting the job done, going right on just the same, and he will forever. And I, I want to maybe, maybe challenge you tonight. If you don't see the power of God moving in your own life, then maybe tonight when you get home in the still of the night, get along with God in your, in your little prayer closet and, and ask him. Ask him like Elisha did there at that river when he slapped that water with, with Elijah's coat. And he said, where is the God of Elijah? I know God's got to be on the scene somewhere. If other people are receiving the Holy Ghost, if other people can receive that same quickening power, then where is it? I want some of it. And God will come on the scene. If you get rid of all your old dogma and start, start aligning your, your thinking and aligning your thoughts with the word of God and start thinking what God already said, something will begin to take place. Brother Ram said in the serpent seed, he said, along come the oneness and found out the baptism in Jesus' name. They said, oh, we got it. They organized. What they do? God just moved right out and left him sitting there. It's for whosoever will, let him come. The oneness can't go to the assemblies, and the assemblies can't go to the oneness. <coughs> he said, I said, how can you teach that initial evidence as a scholar? And they said, well, said Brother Branham, one, two, or three of them was real honest. We know that's wrong. But what can we do if we say anything about it? Why? It'll interrupt the whole program. And there's when you sold out for money. And we said, brother, I'd rather have me a little mission on the corner or preach under a pine tree and have the truth. Certainly. I know that you are telling the truth. Man wants the truth. And you're obligated as a Christian to bear forth the record of truth. Did you know that? That you're obligated as a Christian to bear forth the record of truth. God's going to hold you responsible for it. God's going to hold you responsible for it. We were, we were sitting around. I'm going to name, name some names here in a, in a second as I tell this story. Uh, we were sitting around the other night. And we were, somebody was telling us about a, a brother that used to go up to Brother Tim Humes' church. And he'd go up and he'd say, he'd say I, I know something's wrong in my life. But I, I, I want the baptism of the Holy I want to be born again. And he never could get an answer. Now, now let's be honest, Law. I, you know, we, we say, well, we aren't supposed to name names and everything. But come on now. You, you got to be born again to be able to give somebody, to be able to tell somebody how to be born again. Now, how, how many of you, maybe, maybe tonight, you, you want to be born again? This, this is the place to come to be born again. 
because we've got the recipe. I, and I, I speak, I speak boldly. Maybe, I, maybe I speak like Paul tonight. We, we know, we know how to be born again. If you want to be born again, you come up to the altar, and and we'll pray through with you. We'll instruct you on how to do it. Because, because why? We, we, we got the truth. I believe we've got the truth. We, we've got a group of people here who know the truth. We got a group of people here who want the truth. So when you come to church here and you hear the truth preached, you see, God wants to see your reaction to the truth. How much do you want it? When, when that man in the Bible that Jesus talked about found that pearl of great price, what did he do? He sold everything to get that pearl of great price. And, and, and a pearl is equated with wisdom. There's a lot of pearls that people can tell you how to, be, how to be financially successful, how to be a good person, all this kind of stuff. But this pearl is how to have eternal life. And it's worth everything. It's worth your pride. It's worth your ego. It's worth laying down all of your self-will. It's worth laying, selling everything that you got to get this pearl of great price it's worth it's worth coming to church for it's worth getting preached on for it's worth grabbing the pew while you're getting preached on and saying oh me until something begins to break loose it's enough if it's enough to get spat on like david going up that mountain it's enough to get spat on like jesus and struck on the side of the head it's worth enough to be humiliated for you see people come around the gospel and they don't they don't want to pay the price they don't want to be humiliated enough. They don't want to be, they don't want to give nothing for it. You don't get this. Oh, you get it for free, but you still got to give yourself. You got to give yourself will. You got to give your pride. You got to lay it all down the altar because it's worth it all. This is worth somebody saying something rude to you at church. It's worth somebody saying something that they polished up. Oh, oh, the brother Ram said, oh, listen, the truth is, the truth is, you were born polluted, and you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy. You need the Holy Ghost to be able to withstand when somebody says something rude to you. You need the Holy Ghost, and if you don't have the Holy Ghost, the truth of the matter is, the truth is, you're going to hell without it. Have we? St- has the message rang? Stop preaching about sin and about going to hell. There's, we don't. You know, we say we don't want to do like a Baptist and dangle you over hell. But the truth of the matter is, if you're not saved, you're going to hell. There is a hell, and we don't believe in, e- in eternal suffering because there's only one form of eternal life. And if you don't have God's eternal life, then you're going one day. Your soul will die. It'll peter out. He said, the only way you know you got it was when your spirit bears record with his spirit and the fruits of the spirit follow you. Love, faith, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness. That's when you know you got the Holy Ghost. It bears record of itself. The truth, the truth is that if you don't enjoy hearing the word, you're not born again. If you don't enjoy coming to church, you're not born again. If you don't enjoy... If you don't enjoy looking at the Bible and reading it, then you're not born again. If you're, if you're living in the world and the love of the Father is not even in you, if you're living in the world, then you're not born again. Come on now. Let's lay it out on the table. You're not born again, and you need to be. Let's, let's scream it like Noah did at the ark the day before the rain first failed because the ark, surely the ark is closing. Surely you can see that we're at the closing time. So come on into the ark. Come on in before it's too late. You need to be born again. You need to be saved. Don't get offended. Don't get your feelings hurt, but because 
because I'm preaching eternal life to you. I'm preaching something that will save your soul that's worth more than all your hurt feelings and more than all the stuff you want to cabbage down with. If you'd rather be watching a movie than worshiping God, you're not born again. If you'd rather be at the pool hall than reading your Bible, you're not born again. If you'd rather be clattering around with the world than going through a prayer line or worshiping with the saints, you're not born again. <laughs> the Bible says that the angel went through the midst of the city and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sighed and that cried for all the abominations that should be done, that be done in the midst thereof. And Brother Ram would ask that question, how many, if you go ask all these Pentecostal preachers, how many people in your church are sighing and crying? How many people care? How many people care about what's preached? I remember back in the old days when we'd come to church and Brother Dale, Brother Dale would talk about all the calls that he would get about questions and whatnot. Do do we still... Now, you see, there was maybe a lot of contention back then and people arguing about stuff, but, but you know, they cared. Do we still care enough? Do we care enough to have questions that we need answered? Do we care enough to, to, that when somebody preaches something that we go home and study it out? Or are we just ambivalent? Well, it, it don't matter what I believe, but it does matter what you believe. It matters what you believe because if you don't believe the right thing, then you'll die. I'm not talking about spiritual. Well, it could be spiritual. It could be either one. Yeah, there you go. Either one. <laughs> and Brother Abraham said in Abraham's covenant confirmed when all these sins begin to get like that in the days of Sodom women half naked running through the rooms off the hotels and men drunk falling behind them that ain't off somewhere else that's here and then what happened God said I've come down to find out whether all these reports are true the true children crying out come Lord Jesus how many true children we do we have tonight maybe I wonder now, now it ain't you can't answer that question by raising your hand because maybe many hands will be raised that ain't really sighing and crying, that don't really care anymore. But the true children are going to be crying out. Because why? They're, what are they crying out for? They want all the gaps to be filled in. What are they crying out? They look out and they see the gaps not filled in in other people's lives. And they want those gaps to be filled in. What do you, well, when you, surely the ministers, when you go out to a minister's meeting and see the calamity that some people, the, uh, the way some people are preaching, doesn't that make you want to cry out? Oh God, surely Lord, so, Lord, you, you got to help us. And he's, Brother Brown said, as we asked the other night, as the Holy Spirit told us in the Bible, only seal those who sigh and cry for the abominations did in the city. Where would they be sealed? Where is the sealing of the people? Let's not be deceived. Let's be right. We want to be right, don't we? Right. And almost right is always wrong. If you're almost right, if you're almost in the holy of holies, you, you ain't got it yet. If you're almost saved, you're not saved yet. If you're almost on home plate, you ain't, you ain't made the score yet. If you're almost there, you ain't got it yet. <coughs> now, how did it start? <coughs> Brother, I said God made the man out of the earth. And then if you want to. This is a really interesting quote in the surface seed. He said, years and years. After he made Adam, years and years and years passed. <clears throat> and the man didn't look quite right by himself. So God put him to sleep 
and made, he made a woman out of a rib. Now you go study out a rib online. It's very. It's, oh, there's a rabbit trail we can go down. But a rib actually has a head and a neck and a body. Isn't that straight? Even a doctor will tell you a rib has a head and a neck and a body. Go look at that if you want. That's that's free. <coughs> and brother, I said a woman is just part of a man. And when a man takes to himself a wife, and if she's correctly his wife, a God-given wife, she'll be just to him as part of him. He said, there's the reason you got so many scruples in marriage, because you're not part of one another. In other words, you don't, you don't really love one another, but you got all these scruples in marriage. He's talking about what he's talking about is when you get married and the, and the woman starts getting older and the man looks at her and like, you got now you got maybe yellow teeth and you got saggy a little bit and and uh maybe you know your hair doesn't comb like there's some white in your hair and, and you don't look the way but see he's talking about love when you love one another and and when you love your wife and she loves you back and you're in agreement and and oh my there's peace in your home and you're both christians and you're in a one accord about how to raise your children we want to have a godly home you don't want to kick that woman out like like people in the message got all scrupled up. If my if my wife don't want to have me a child, I'm just going to boot her out. Well, what about love? What about love? Love. And that's why Brother Brown said you ought to pray first. Pray first before you enter into these things because a woman is part of you. And this man, when he was created, God separated his spirit and he took a piece off the man, his side, and made a woman out of it. And then he took the feminist, dainty spirit of the man and made a woman out of it. And he made the man masculine burly oh you think about how brother Ram described adam walking around in the garden of eden now he was a real man he said he said he he had a big black beard that come down and come maybe down to here y- yes he did y'all don't be frowning at me now he said it <laughs> he had a black beard that come down and he had that long hair that that come down to his shoulders and you think oh you think you you go look online to see a pictures of a model with a with a big beard or whatever that don't compare nothing to how adam looked he was a real man he was somebody that that knew how to run his household. He knew he knew how when 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 the wind wasn't blowing right, he he didn't he wanted everything to just be perfect. He'd speak to the wind and speak to the mountain to move it out of the way so it wouldn't so maybe it blocked the sun so his wife could get a little a little rest or whatever. This is coming fresh. <laughs> And the brother Ram said, when you see a man that's little, you know, manicuring his fingernails and slicking his hair down and holding his mouth open in front <laughs> and such stuff as that. One of these pretty boys, you just remember, sis, there's something wrong with that bird. Why? Because God wants a woman to look like a woman and a man to look like a man. And when you get off of that, he said, you're something wrong. You better keep an eye on him. God wants you to be a young man. He wants you to be a real man. And you young ladies, you you look for a real man, somebody that will know how to run his home according to God's plan. Let the we want the difference to be real clear. I want we I want somebody to know that I'm a Christian. I want somebody to be able to tell that I'm a Christian. I don't want somebody to think that I'm towing up against the line and see how close I can get. But I want the difference to be real clear. And God wants to see real men and women that ain't towing up against the line. He wants to see a real man that's not seeing how close to looking like a woman he can get, but wearing some kind of carrying some kind of pocketbook looking thing around or carrying some letting his hair hang down in his eyes. But he want God wants a man that looks like a man. 
And Brother Adam said Adam was the handsomest man that ever lived. And Eve was a perfect woman in every way. In one place he said the star looked like the stars were shining in her eyes. The starlight. You think about you think about what you would imagine a beautiful woman to look like today, but Eve was far beyond that. Because God when God does something, he does it right. And I believe God, Adam was a real man, a man that would handle things. You know, that's what a man is. A man handles stuff. A man don't make his, make his wife go out and, and do all the, all, the, all, the, all, the, all the, get on the phone and do all the things. But he handles stuff. He goes and takes the car to the mechanic or does the changes to oil himself. He, he does all that stuff because that's what a man does is he handles stuff. Adam handled, Adam handled naming the animals. He handled rearranging the mountains. He handled providing. He handled protect, protecting. He handled loving. And Adam wouldn't have put up with none of the serpent's nonsense. And that's why the serpent had to get Eve away. Because he knew Adam was a real man. Adam standing there in the garden with his big broad shoulders and his big chest and that beard come down in his hair. Oh, he was a, a model of what a man is. Not some kind of sissy. <laughs> And the serpent had to get the woman away and said, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree, of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may, I know it seems like I'm going to be long tonight, but I'm not. (laughs) We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Why would you want to know evil? That's a lie that the devil tells a lot of these young kids. You come away with me, and I'll show you a good time. <coughs> come to this nightclub, come to this bar, drink some of this alcohol, smoke some of this weed, and I'll show you a good time. And then you, then you really do have some knowledge of good and evil. You know, uh, with the prophecy of, of Isaiah about Jesus said, butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Now, there's something you can study out. What's butter and honey? Butter is, butter is the word and, the, and, and honey is the law of the Lord. And you, you meditate on the word of God and his law. And then you'll know how to refuse the evil and choose the good. God wants you to stay away from the evil. <laughs> Your doctrine matters. Correct understanding matters. That's why it's so important to know what the baptism of the Holy Ghost is, what the new birth is, how to be born again, that God can take you through a process of his works of justification, sanctification, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that God, you believe and you begin to turn aside and then God cleans you out and kicks that unclean spirit out of you and then fills you with his spirit after you had a chance to study and meditate on the word a little bit through a sanctification process. Adoption, false anointed ones. What a false anointed one is, the Godhead, the third pool, the seven seals, all these things are important. Don't let the devil never put in your mind that it's not important, that you don't need these things, because this is what shores up a real believer. There is a right and a wrong, and almost right is always wrong. Now, you think about that story in the Bible (coughs) when the Ephraimites came up to that river to cross over into Gilead. Y'all hang with me just a little bit longer. Y'all are actually doing really good tonight. I don't know if it's my preaching or what. Maybe, maybe it's all right. The Ephraimites came up to the river, 
And, and they, had to, they had to answer that question. Say shibboleth. Now, if they didn't say it right, almost right was wrong. And almost right was going to get you a sword through your heart. And if they, if they didn't say it right, now, now, see, they could try real hard to say they shibboleth. But if they couldn't frame it right because they were from a different part of the country, because of their accent, they would say sibboleth instead of shibboleth. And then they died because almost right is always wrong. See, it matters. It matters what you believe. Uh, it matters when you hear somebody say, well, I, you always had eternal life. And, and I'm just going to lay some of these things down and we'll, we'll close it. And we'll close it in just a moment. It matters when someone, when you hear somebody say Jesus didn't have the Holy Ghost until the River Jordan. He went all these years without the Holy Ghost. Now, we're not pitting people out, but it matters. It matters how, who you believe Jesus is. It matters. The new, it matters when somebody says the new birth is you, you, it was when you just realize that you already were eternal. It, it matters because that's wrong. It's not just you realizing at that moment that you already had the new birth in you. It matters when you hear somebody say, well, we're already in the millennium. No, we're not in the millennium because I thought Satan is, Satan is supposed to be bound for a thousand years when we're in the millennium. It matters when you hear somebody say, well, you don't need to assemble with other believers. It matters because the Bible says that we do need to. And you get a blessing when you come to church and gather together with other believers. You get a blessing. It matters when you hear somebody say, well, I can just get it for myself. I, listen, I need some help. I don't know about y'all, but I, I need some help. I, if somebody, somebody that's kind of going up the ladder a little bit, going up Jacob's ladder and climbed a few rungs, I can sit under them for a little bit and get some, get some words of wisdom and get some help. <coughs> oh, it matters when somebody says, well, we only needed the fivefold ministry. When they twist Ephesians 4.11 and said, we only needed the fivefold ministry until a prophet came. And then we don't need it anymore because now we got the full word. It matters because that's not right. That's not what Ephesians 4.11 is saying. It matters when somebody says, well, I'm born again because my mama said I was. It matters because you ain't born again just because your mama said you're all right. You ain't born again just because your mama says that you ought to be offended at the preaching. <laughs> you ain't born again. When somebody says you don't need to mature and don't preach growth, that ain't right. And It matters. It surely does matter. It matters when somebody says you get it all when you believe. Now just sit down and wait at the bus stop. It matters. And that ain't right. Aren't you glad for the truth tonight? Aren't you glad to be sitting in a church where the spirit moves, where the, where the truth has been preached for all these years? <coughs> oh, another story. We'll just, we'll just relate just for a second. You know, when, when Paul got, got hauled in front of King Agrippa, there Agrippa and Festus were sitting up there. And Paul got a chance to tell, tell, tell his testimony. And Paul, got, he started lighting, letting loose, and he got to where Jesus died and, and rose again. And Festus sprung up, and he said, Paul, you, you're touching the head. You're crazy. When he started talking about the resurrection power, Festus jumped up and said, you're crazy, Paul. So Paul turned his attention from Festus, and he started talking to Agrippa. And he said, then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost, he started, he started telling Agrippa, he said, Surely you agree with what I'm telling you. Surely you believe the prophets. He, sh he started appealing to Agrippa's knowledge of all these things that he was talking about, the history and the context. And, and Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also that all hear me this day with both almost and all together, such as I am, except these bonds. The musicians should go ahead and come forward. Don't stop at almost. 
Don't don't stop at almost because almost ain't good enough. Almost right is always wrong. Don't almost save ain't saved. Almost born again and born again. Almost free is not free. And almost sober is not sober. Almost clean is still dirty. Almost right is always wrong. The serpent's lie was almost right. Let's stand to our feet and worship God. We just got, we've got a husband and if we'll stay with him, a spiritual husband, we'll stay with the word and God will carry us all the way through. You love the Lord tonight. You want Christ? You want truth? Let's worship him a little bit. for you he didn't just go halfway he didn't go almost to the cross but he went all the way to the cross so that we could go all the way to eternal life you love him tonight we'll just you got something to say don't you yeah i'm done
You don't have to be mad at me anymore. You can be mad at him. Somebody said he called me a buzzard. Somebody said he called me an eagle. Which one did you figure out you were tonight? Come on. Amen? That's right. Because there is a womb that's filled with the Holy Ghost. There is a womb that's filled with the devil. Amen? And you got to choose which one you want. And we can't. We don't need to soft soap it anymore. Amen. Like I was saying Sunday, if you lost, you lost. And if you die, you're going to hell. Do you know I was thinking yesterday, 120 years Noah preached that it's going to rain. And I'll, 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 we'll meet Noah and we'll ask him. But I'll bet Noah on the day God got ready to shut the ark, he said, God, give me one more day. I've got other family members that I need to get in this ark. I've got maybe in-laws. I've got cousins. I've got uncles. I've got aunts. God said, get in the ark. Noah said, Lord, what? Nope. Noah, get in the ark. You've preached 120 years, and there ain't nobody going to listen to what you say no more. If I give them another 100 years... So you can't blame Noah. You can't blame Noah for those deaths. Brother Brown said it's as many then as it was now. So 7 billion people died under 120 years. Do you know we've had half that since the prophet left? We've had 60 years of preaching at the end of his sermon, end of his life. We've had 60 years, almost half that, 120 years, to get ready. So you can't blame Noah. Can't blame the preacher. God shut the door. God said that's enough. And I believe that's what the ministry is telling us now. Time to quit fooling around. Time to get busy. Amen? Noah, Noah, God won't... Nope, Noah. Sorry. There ain't no more coming in. Get in the ark. Be careful. You know what? How many times has Brother Dale told us that, and Brother De- Brother Branham told us it was parental delinquency, not That's right. children delinquency. That's it. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Why did those she bears eat those children? Because the children talked against Elisha, called him an old bald head. Well, you know what? They didn't know nothing. Probably some of them kids were little old, tiny kids that didn't even know what bald head meant. Right. Yeah. right. But sitting around your living room, Come on. and what you say to your kids Come on. about what happens in this church or message or whatever, exactly. it ain't their fault. It's yours. Exactly. Amen. That's right. It's time for us to repent and go on. Come on. Amen. Amen. Parental delinquency. Amen. Come on. Just think about that. This. This weekend, we've got the uh, um, Youth Day on Saturday at 3 o'clock. It's open to everybody. Everybody can come uh, to the service, but it will be catered and for the youth. Um, we're going to try to get here maybe around 2 o'clock. Brother Ronnie Long's going to come in Friday night, and uh, he's bringing his whole family with him, so there'll be a, there'll be a van full of just, a his, just his kids. All right, so uh, bring somebody with you. Or, uh, we need to get this gospel out. Amen. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Some of you are already doing um, desserts. 
Um, Sister Esther's done some. Sister Gabby's going to do some. Anna and Abby are going to do some. Uh, but I need some help with work. Um, and, and a sister that we will not name has agreed to pay f- for the pizza. So so instead of all y'all bringing something or us having to cook anything, we're just going to order the pizza, and somebody's got to go get it. So I need some volunteers on Saturday. Like I said, I'll be here about 2 o'clock. But we need to order the pizzas, and we need to find somebody to go get it. All right. So uh, sister's already paid for the paid for the pizza. So praise God for that. God will bless her ten hundredfold. Yes. And uh, then also we need servers. We need people that to serve. Uh, and pretty much all you got to do with pizza is open the box. If anybody needs any training on that, we'll go downstairs and we'll open some boxes for you and show you how to do that. But that's pretty much what we're doing. We've got. Uh, I, I, it, it's going to be sad that the, the Reeds are not going to be with us. So I was hoping they'd be able to stay, but they're flying out Saturday morning, and we re- we appreciate them coming, and we had a real good time with them. Um, they've uh, they've hosted me and Brother Dale for years and years and years, so we're returning the favor. I mean, every time I go to Jamaica, I've been 11 times to Jamaica, stayed at their house probably – 10 of those 11. So uh, we're just returning the hospitality. So we appreciate them and we love them with the love of the Lord. We sure do appreciate Brother Keith's ministry and it's showing in his kids and, and obviously his wife. Amen. So it's just, it's fruits of our labor. Amen. <clears throat> so get here at 2 o'clock. Who all's coming? I just, just, if you're coming, raise your hand. Okay, coming, coming, coming. Okay. All right, so if you're coming, then try to get here about 2 o'clock. I need somebody to go get the pizza, though. So we'll, Brother Luis? Okay. Uh, Brother Michael will be leading the singing, and uh, Brother uh, Matthew Brace, two boys are coming. So, well, what's the, first, what's the old one's name? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah's going to be playing the piano for us, and we've got the youth here. Y'all going to be here? Okay. <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but okay. Just ask. I know you're not. I know what you got to do. Your dad's already told me. They've got a wedding to go to, right? Or, or a rehearsal or something. Bachelorette party. Bachelorette party. <laughs> Bob, come back up here and preach just a little bit more. And Oh, that's your daughter. Okay. All right. So, everybody, so anyway, everybody's invited. Uh, if Brother Luis is going to go get the pizza, now your your uh, nieces are coming too, right? Okay, so we'll have some some extras here, but we won't have a whole lot of people. Some of y'all are not going to be here; y'all will be out of town. But um, come and support the ministry if you can. We will have one service on Sunday. If we're just going to have pizza and the, the sister pay, didn't pay enough to have two meals, she was generous enough to pay for us to have one. So Sunday we will not have a meal afterwards unless y'all want to. Uh, we can just fellowship for a little while and then go get something to eat. But we will only have one service Sunday morning, regular service. It'll be just like it always has been, but we won't have a second service. All right. <clears throat> uh, anything else, Jim? Am I missing anything else? If I do, I'll send you a WhatsApp. I got a WhatsApp just the other day. Strange that you called Brother Tim Humes' name. I got a WhatsApp from him asking how I was doing and asking how Brother Dale was doing and, and uh, inviting us to a meeting. So we conversed for a few minutes. So I haven't quit praying for those people. 
I have not quit praying. Brother Branham said, and I think I read the quote several months ago, he said, if you're not willing to go get that person, then you need to be in the altar. Let God shut the door. We're not going to shut the door. So if they want to fellowship with us, I'm not going to fellowship with no another doctrine, but I'll sure shake his hand and call him brother. Amen. Brother Branham did. He shook his hand and called him brother. He said, I'll call the Pope brother. Right? Then he said, he said, I'm not going to kiss his ring, but I'll call him brother. Amen? So just pray for those brothers. I do. I pray for them every night. For those brothers that are that have uh, um, basically got an evil spirit on them. Uh, maybe not so much turn the message down, but got a spirit on them. And, and we can see that. That Brother Ram told us that even that Brother uh, Ramsey said, oh, I'm not serving the Lord no more. I'm going to go out and just start drinking and not come to church anymore. And you know what Brother Ram said? He said about six months later he was dead because God took him off the scene because he didn't want to mar his name. He took his, he took his child home. So he must have been born again. Took his child home. So he wouldn't mar his name. So we, we're praying for that group of people that are that are against the message of the hour. And uh, But we want to press on and be the message of the hour. Amen. We don't want to just... No, we want to be it. Amen. There's somebody going to be it. Somebody's going to be there. We're just praying that we're all going to be there. And we're all... And and like Bob said, I, I'm not going to apologize for what I said Sunday. There were some people might got offended for calling the name I called. But my Lord, if you don't want your kids saved, there's something wrong with you. You're right, sister. There's something wrong with you if you don't want your children saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't want mine just to make it on a deathbed confession. Now, maybe that, that's okay. But I want them in this church. I want them to be, I want them to be involved. If we have to build another church, so we will build another church. I don't care. But I want them involved. I don't want them just to make it by the skin of their teeth. Come on. I want them to be involved. I want to have young ministers. I want to have young sisters that can play the instruments again and again and again. Amen. That's what I want. I want somebody to say amen. amen. Not just make it by the skin of their teeth. Now, some might, but that's okay. But I want somebody to be, like Brother Bob said, I, I'm fill those gaps in. Because you know if there's a gap, that was Eve's problem. There was a gap in Eve. That's right, right. She didn't believe in Hebrews 13. 8. Brother Brown said, that's where she missed it. Right. Not that God wasn't God, because she couldn't deny that, because she met him every day. But there was a gap in there that Satan stuck that peg in and said, I got you now. Amen. Well, that's what we're trying to do, I believe. We're screaming out, trying to get people in the ark. But remember, it was seven days before it started raining. Right. So Noah had to mature a little bit while he was sitting in that ark waiting for God to cap off what he had preached. Yes. And we pray that, that, I was thinking about this the other day, what Brother Dale's been preaching for all these years, I pray that God will cap that thing off. Amen. In a group of people. Yes. In us. It's not going to matter if it just stays on tape or stays in a book or, or goes through the airwaves. It's got to come inside of me and you, yes. and then we got to live it out. Amen. And I believe we can. Bob, I believe we've got a five-fold ministry that can take us on. That's right. To the coming of the Lord, Amen. It's not none of this is none of this has been in vain. It's all had a purpose. It's all had a plan. It's all had its time, and I believe we're in the time now to where, like I said before, we're screaming out, "Get in the ark!" Because God's getting ready to shut the door. Remember, the third pull is to the totally lost that can't ever be saved, but it's also to the bride. It's also to the church. But it is to the totally lost. 
Jesus went and preached to the souls in prison, no way they could be saved. Because they sinned away their day of grace. Amen? Listen, we're one day closer to the rapture. Believe it or not. Whenever it comes, we have become one day from yesterday, we're one day closer. Every Sunday, we get seven days closer to the rapture. Seven days closer. Man, I'm talking about you. How, How long? It was January a couple of weeks ago. It's September now. It'll be Christmas in two days. Right? Amen. Remember when you was growing up, you thought Christmas, you know, man, Christmas is, comes every about over three years. It comes every three months now. But you know what? God is accelerating our time. If you love it here, you're going to stay here. I don't love it here no more. Uh-uh. We ought to be called out to where we're so miserable to have to do the things of this world that we even have to do as Christians in this thing. We want to get out of this thing. Amen. Pray for me on Tuesday. I'm going to have an MRI, like I said before. I got all this tingling in my face, and and uh, it feels like electric shocks are going off inside my head. Maybe I'm having some shock treatment from the Lord, but I don't know. It may be from the devil. I want to know which one, but I, we're going to go Tuesday and have a have an MRI done. So just keep us in prayer. I keep the reeds in prayer. They're leaving Saturday, going back to Canada, and then Sister Francine's going on back to to Jamaica. I'm sure Keith has missed her severely. They talk every night, all the time, just like they married two weeks ago. Makes you sick. So anyway, uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because you see the smile on her face when Keith, when, Keith, when Keith's talking to her. So, And that's true love. Amen. Be so many miles apart and still be in love. So God bless you. Um, Going to help us Saturday. We know we've got plenty, enough dessert. We need some servers. Um, Drinks and ice. We'll. I'll, I'll talk to somebody about that, but I'll try to get them myself. But the pizza we're going to have to. Brother Luis is going to go get it, but we'll kind of figure out I'll, between now and then where we're going to get it from. Amen. So you love the Lord. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for this time that you give us. Thank you for the words that you give us, Lord. Whether they be harsh, you said in the book of Revelations that oh, it was so sweet when you ate that book. When John ate the book, it was, oh, it's like honey. But boy, when it hit his belly and he had to live what was in that book, it became bitter because we are contrary. As I've been preaching, we need a renewing of our mind to get away from this contrariness, from this false doctrine, from this false security that, that as I was thinking the other day, Lord, it's just like the denominations. They, They don't even preach on hell anymore because... God's such a good God that everybody's going to heaven. Well, that's not going to happen. You're a good God, but you're a just God. And you said, if you believe on me, the works that I do, will you do also. And if you believe in me, I'll give you everlasting life. But if you don't, there will be torment. Lord, I pray that you'd save save everyone, Lord, that we come in contact with. Lord, may we be a light that shines on all the people, whether we go to work, as Brother Bob said, I want people to know I'm different. I want people to know I'm a Christian. That when they need something, as we're talking about, we'll come up to the virtue there. That virtue is strength. It's something somebody can pull from. We want somebody to be able to pull strength from what we say and from what we do, Lord. 
I pray that you'd be with us, Lord, as we continue on. Lord, as we go home, Lord, that you'll be with us as the wheels turn. Some have to go a little bit further than others. Father, we pray that you'd just be with us this weekend, be with Brother Ronnie and his family. They're driving down Friday. That we'll have a wonderful time in you, Lord, and that you'll be with us and, and save souls and fill them with the Holy Ghost and make us better Christians, Lord. That's why we're here. We thank you for all things. We give you praise and honor and glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you.